You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Hey, what's going on, Grump? Uh, glad to be back home for once after being in horrible Orlando for part of the week. Uh, <laughs> whoa, I'm all choked up about it. Uh, it's the happiest place vision. on earth. <laughs> and then uh, heading to Baltimore this weekend, uh, going to the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation Dinner. It's a great organization. They um, they build baseball fields in inner cities and work with the police. So the police mentor kids in inner cities. So it's kind of helping you know build that relationship. So it's a fun weekend always. I think Dr. J and Ozzy Smith are their honored guests this weekend. So I'm looking forward to meeting them. So uh, was it just like a dinner? Yeah, they have a big fundraiser every year, and um, we go. We um, family uh, helps. Uh, you know, contribute to it stuff. So uh, we always go once a year and it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, one year, uh, it's funny that when you go to these dinners, these, you know, you meet like one or two like famous athletes or something. Then they have the musical guests. Like I think they had the, the former singer from sticks one year was the singer. (laughs) (laughs) And I think one year lover boy was the, uh, the featured, you know, lover boy once played stadiums in the eighties and now they're doing the, uh, the Copa room at the Marriott in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> Money's no, no, money. No. It's great. So um, look up on the internet. I think their, I don't know what their website is, but it's the Caribbean Senior Foundation. Check it out. And uh, that's our uh, our goodwill piece of the uh, the program today. Yeah, that's a, That is actually really awesome. Um, I did yeah. not know about that foundation. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have nearly as an exciting weekend as, as you do. I am uh, going to keep doing football stuff. That's really all I've got is we, we are on the countdown here. I mean, we're really pushing these episodes out up a, up against the deadline. You know, we, we got, got, a, we got the, just over a month. Yeah. And then and then it's, you know, the second the most watched uh, football event. Right. Goes Super Bowl and then the NFL first round of the draft, probably. If for ratings. Yeah. You uh, think? No, nah. no, no. What? Well, I oh, mean, like conference finals get huge numbers. Well, also. yeah, okay, okay, okay. So the 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 the, the playoffs, right? And then I'd, I'd be, I'd any be single NFL event that make that draws in more viewers than that Sunday night I, football, maybe. I think, I think every Sunday night and Monday night game gets better ratings in the draft. Oh, but the draft is also on multiple networks, so does it divvy up the uh, the ratings? All right. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I mean, it's the one thing where every football fan from, from – well, every – most fans from every single team are tuning in, right? Right, but how long are they watching? Oh, I don't know. That's not really – yeah, I always think about that. When people, like, go to the draft, like, what do you do if you get there and your team trades out of the first round? <laughs> like, you just – you went and that's it? That would suck. Okay. The Patriots fans. The NFL year. draft was seen by an average audience of A, 1 million people, B, 5 million people, C, 
20 million people. Uh, is this the whole draft or just night one? NFL draft was seen by an average audience of oh. across NFL Network, ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and digital channels during the three-day event. What was it? 6.1 million viewers. Okay. All right. So that's so pretty low. The average Sunday night game gets about 20 million. Yeah. That's pretty That's pretty nuts. But, you know, to put that also in the comparison, how popular football is, this is, a, this is a show where they're picking players. Yeah. That is about... It's, it's quite boring, I have to say. As, it's about as three times as much as the Stanley Cup Finals get. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I am excited during the draft and, like, watching it, whatever, like, I, with anticipation. But it's, it's a pain in the ass to watch. Like, I wish the picks could just happen. I don't need the fluff in between. It sucks. Well, let me ask you, do you watch the ESPN broadcast, the NFL Network, or the ABC one? Because what they do on the ABC, they make it more up-close-and-personal fluff stories. The ESPN one's a little more draftnik, and then the NFL Network is, you know, again, kind of draftnik-y also. Which one do you usually watch? I mean, my ideal is the NFL Network one. It it depends on what's available to me. The ABC thing with the fluff stories, like, I, I super don't need that. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea what the league does because I think some people, you know, again, I think some people, I don't need that shit. That's right. I think you know people who listen to this and all the other podcasts and stuff, we want, you know, players and backgrounds of what they we do. But you know, a lot of people, why this league is growing, you know, besides gambling, is they're drawing in passive fans mm-hmm. and passive fan who five years ago had never watched a draft. Now you're learning about the stories behind them, and there's always the. You know, the mom, the single mom who, you know, had bought adversity and, you know, all those stories are just lined up for every pick. And it makes her great television. But that's the beauty of now having this multi-network, you know, universe room. You can watch which one you want specifically. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't actually – it's like the one thing that ESPN that I don't really mind because I, I actually do like Mel Kiper. Um, so – the ESPN coverage of the draft is not terrible, but I mean it's filled with ESPN advertising for ESPN. So, oh yeah. Well, so one little piece is before we move on talking about ESPN, we should do an RIP for John Clayton. Yes. This last week because I, I know everybody's talking about the, the, the great commercial he used to had, uh, but he was one of the first guys that you know back in the nineties, you know, in the two thousand. When ESPN was really just a news program, really. Yeah, if you listen like to ESPN radio, like if you were in your car or like at night listening like on your radio, he was always on and always seemed to know everything about every team. Now, you know, the Adam Schefters of the world now, they're once they, they break stories now and they're more they're like the Adrian Wojnarowski's of the NBA, but he was like the first one who always seemed to have his pulse on everything. And he was entertaining and interesting to listen to and uh you know, I wish I, I miss a lot of those guys ESPN used to have, like is heavily featured. You know, him, Chris Mortensen. Mm-hmm. I think Sal Palantonio at one time had a bigger role than he does now. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was sad to see that he uh, he had passed away. I thought I heard he was sick for a bit, but uh, sucks. I mean, he, he. I don't know how old he was, but he certainly looked older than his actual age. He kind of. I think he's like one of those crap. guys who, an early balder. You know, you know, you know the type, don't you? I, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm familiar with a few. Um, all right, since you tried to decided to be a, a dick, we're gonna move on to the. <laughs> I didn't decide; it just was bestowed yeah, upon me. Right, of course. Um, fate decided to be a dick. Let's uh, 
So we're, we're talking tight ends and fullbacks here. We're going to lump them together because they kind of function the same in today's NFL. Um, and like most positions on the Giants roster, this one is devoid of a lot of talent. And also just numbers. It's also devoid of, yeah, we've yeah. kind of basically jettisoned both uh, rooms and are starting over pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it completely wiped out the fullback room. Elijah Penny had been here for quite a while, uh, a couple a couple of years now. Uh, was not at all a bad player. Um, also picked up like some running back duties last year, like in mm-hmm. an increased role. Um, gone. Uh, and Colin Gillespie, who was added last year, mostly as a special teams player. I don't even think he got that many fullback snaps. Uh, he was gone too, so there's just no fullback on this roster, um, which is which is okay. Um, a lot of teams now are kind of utilizing that H-back position, and then in times of need, you know, line, just lining them up as fullback. But also, we've seen NFL teams be more creative. If they're going to go into a power formation in the goal line, they'll bring a defensive tackle in there or something. Just the, the biggest body they've got and tell them to run forward and smash into stuff and clear the way. So, I mean, if you're if you're decreasing the role of the fullback, you can, you can field a team without a fullback. Um, well, let me but, ask you, you know, in, in a traditional Brian Dable offense, how much is a fullback featured? I mean, we know it will be modified and tweaked based upon, you know, current personnel and then, mm-hmm. you know, what we do in upcoming drafts and, and talent acquisition, but is it a position of that is leaned upon heavily or is it just something that we can live without having one for now? I think we can live without having one now. I mean, most of the time in the fullback in, in Dable's offense is going to be utilized um, kind of a little bit as, you know, maybe some extra blocking uh, and pass protection. Also, you know, just running some flat routes. Uh, you know, nothing nothing crazy as part of the, the route tree or anything like that. You know, usually the last option, the, the check down, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And in that scenario, you can have an H-back do that. You don't need to have a special guy to do that. And, you know, I, I think if they want to introduce that into the offense, you know, later on, next year, the year after, it's a luxury. You can get yourself a true fullback to play, the you know, the fullback position or the offset fullback position. Um, I, I don't know why those things are distinguished somewhat differently, but you know, you can you can do that at a later time, but it's not so staple to the offense that it needs to happen now. I, I think they can they can function with an H back, but the but they will definitely need an H back and a Y inline tight end. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean they haven't so it, had one. <laughs> so it's interesting. So um, you know we lost Penny. Mm-hmm. Looking at the free agents that were available, <laughs> all the available free agents have been signed to this point except for one. And that would be Elijah Penny. Penny. <laughs> so I, I, I guess the question is, is it conceivable he can come back? Sure. I don't see why not. I mean, if, if the, the, the man is going to want to work, so right. he'll take whatever deal. I mean, it, I don't know that it's going to be a priority for us to get him with the salary cap issues that we're having. Um, but if it comes around, you know, later on in the summer, because a guy like him, he can hold out until spring – into the summer, into right. the fall even, and wait for somebody to get hurt or get suspended or whatever. Um, and quite frankly, Elijah Penny can, you know, he can market himself as a running back as well because he took on those extra duties last year and did not look bad at them. He's so. only 28, so it's not like he's, you know, mm-hmm. trying to squeeze one more year out of him. I mean, it's still kind of in his 
prime if, if they needed to. So yeah, I guess that's a possibility. And you know, again, we're recording this on Thursday night, and he's mm-hmm. as of, as a sport track, he's the, he's the only one out there that's still available. Yeah, and so he's doing much of what we're doing. I assume sitting on the couch, feet up, uh, <laughs> eating some cereal or, or something on a, on a Thursday night. Uh, living the good life. I, I'm sure. I'm sure he's like working out and and staying in shape and, and of whatever. course. Um, but yeah, I, I think if this position is left totally empty for this year, I think they'll be fine. In my personal opinion, I think it's a good idea to have a fullback on the roster. Um, I like um, what Elijah Penny was able to bring as a runner. In addition to his special teams play, was very good. Um, but you know, well, to me, I, I mean, having you know, a use check kind of guy or, or whatever uh, is super helpful to an offense. I, I think that we've, as a society and football fans, have soured on the traditional fullback because it's part of that traditional running game that's not part of the modern NFL anymore. But that's that's kind of horseshit, right? I mean, it's just like, sure, you don't need gold to blooms to have money, but if you do, it's extra fucking money, isn't it? So it's, well, also, it's a luxury. Well, also, until I know this offensive line is stabilized and can – yeah. Run block consistently and pass block. I don't mind having an extra guy back there who can block, who hits people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We can use all yeah. the help we can get in keeping Daniel Jones upright and healthy. Yeah. Having Saquon Barkley, you know, we're we're trying to make decisions about all of these guys. I want to give them the maximum chance to succeed. Yeah, and you know, a fullback, a, a tight end who can chip, anything that can help this line as we're rebuilding it, to me is a positive. So, you know. It, would a fullback be featured in this offense? Eh, I don't know, but maybe for right now, just getting a body who can do, you know, anything to help this offensive line, I think would be would be nice. Yeah, I, but I agree. That though, I don't think you want to spend a lot of money on that role. No, 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 I wouldn't spend any. I honestly, I, I, well, it's conceivable that Elijah Penny comes back here, um, just because the familiarities, or he got a house here. You know what I mean? If if right. that's the only deal he can get, and we can afford it, and we want it. It's it's super conceivable, but I don't think we can afford it. Straight up, I I just don't think that we have that money to spend on anything that can be considered a luxury, which gotcha. I think you can. Uh, but who's to say? I mean, who knows what happens if James Bradbury moves? He's twelve million extra dollars, and you know, however things are addressed after that may clear or add or whatever. So, like all like, like we say, every moment of every day the uh the cap is fluid and it makes no sense um but besides the fullback room clearing out i mean they really cleaned house with the tight end room as well i mean we knew evan ingram was gonna leave right we it just the not that he's a bad player but he's certainly not the did not live up to the billing of the first round pick that jerry reese and mark ross made him out to be it was time for a conscious uncoupling with us and him yeah and, and and honestly, good for him. Uh, I I I don't know that he's worth a nine million dollar contract in, in Jacksonville. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, we we've been saying this all along that his reputation around the league is a lot better than it was, you know, at the Meadowlands and with Giant fans. I mean, this is a guy that last year, you know, you know, all the criticism he had for drop balls and things in critical times still was voted in to be in the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, well, everybody gets in the Pro Bowl. No, not everybody. No, I mean, they don't. <laughs> there's, you know, what, 16 starting tight ends, probably maybe let's say 18 in this league, each conference. There, last time I checked, and I checked the Pro Bowl roster, it's not 18 tight ends. Mm-hmm. So his reputation, you know, it may not be 
doesn't tie specifically with you know his skill set and his achievement, but somebody out there thinks something of him. So you know, I know we were trying to trade him last year before the deadline never happened, and we both knew that he was going to go somewhere and was going to get paid too. Yeah. And you know, he probably and Jacksonville just... has a money cannon apparently that they just keep reloading and firing. You know, between Jacksonville, the Rams, and the Bucks, do they have salary caps? Because it just seems like every every day it's like the Bucks just signed this guy. They just signed this guy. It's like, well, it's it's I, not. I mean, it's not just numbers too. It's it's not it's not just bodies. I mean, it's the contract sizes are in, yeah incredibly I mean, large. The Rams always seem to be pick, pulling somebody out of their ass. Like, oh, is a free agent <laughs> signing? Here's a trade they made. It's like how they fit that trade in the cap. So I don't know. It's probably why they won the Super Bowl because they have they, can, <laughs> they have they guys smarter than us sailors. running. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in Jacksonville. It, to me, they're they're really throwing money around. It sounds like it's not going to. They're end just well. murderless. Yeah. I mean, the, the Urban Meyer experiment was a complete disaster. Oh my God! Did you see that story? Where like some multiple sources said that he had no clue who premier players around the league were, including Aaron Donald. I mean, that's... Urban Meyer's a piece of garbage, <laughs> and we all know this. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's the risk you have when you bring somebody, you know, either from, right from the the uh, the college ranks or just not a guy in the NFL. I mean, he was just kind of floating out there, mm-hmm. right after the Ohio State thing, and they're not going to know. I mean, if you when you bring a guy in from college, my right mother NFL, knows you, who Aaron Donald is, right? You're so, but you're so focused on you know recruiting your own team, your 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 opposition. That you you should know. I mean, you should know by name these guys, but they don't have that, uh, you know, uh, personnel knowledge of the in-depth one you need in the NFL. And Urban wasn't the GM also with Jacksonville, but you know he had a lot of power and a lot of pull of who they're getting for personnel. So s- screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you no you've been you've been hating him for Meyer. years now. You're you're OG hating Urban Meyer. Oh yeah yeah. Um, more importantly, I mean, and, and this one is is kind of strange. Uh, well, it's not strange, but it was a little bit more sensitive of a topic, more of a debate. Was Caden Smith being released? Uh, now he was released on an injury settlement or, or something like that. Yes. Uh, we we had heard some rumbling, or there were rumblings out there that his knee injury was worse than than anticipated. Uh, so that certainly factored into it. And then, of course, the two point five million dollars that he was due. Um, on a team that has no money, so uh, and we knew that we knew Kyle Rudolph was going to get released. That was no no shocker either. We both had him in our our cuts to forty million. Yeah, so that and quite frankly should have should have been axed when they found out his foot injury was was a thing. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I he wasn't adding shit last year that was going to make it so worth it that we keep it. So whatever, but yeah. So doing all that has left us with they had re-signed uh, Chris Myrick who has a touchdown catch, but just barely. Let's keep that in mind. Caught it with mm-hmm. this calf muscle, basically. Hey, in the box score, it's the Look, it, it counts. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, whatever. I don't even need to say it. We all know. <laughs> um, Rice and John, who's, you know, an intriguing guy, but he has like a preseason catch. You know what I mean? We're not talking about anything crazy. Jake Houseman, who I don't know a single thing about. And then they went out and signed Ricky Seals Jones from the Washington Commanders. Commandos? Commanders. 
Commanders. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Well, they're setting themselves up for any type of joke. You can go the Kami route. You can go the Commando. You can yeah. do anything. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but Ricky Seals-Jones, you know, 27-year-old guy. He's a converted wide receiver, I believe, out of Texas A&M, right? Does that sound right to you? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Um, and that's mainly because he's really tall, right? He's like six six or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a good pass catcher. He's not really that great of a route runner. He's not really that fast. There's a reason he's only making a million dollars. You know, um, there's a reason Washington didn't want to retain him. He he's a stopgap guy. He's Definitely. someone. He's a body that we need to have a tight end until we can draft one or get enough money under the cap where we can get like a, a legitimate one one who's you know a real difference maker mm. and that's unfortunately the situation we're in the situation where we can't afford a real fullback we can't afford to invest long term in positions like tight end and this is you know this is what we're going to get well we can invest long term we just can't invest long term via the free agent market of course. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're drafting somebody, the expectation is you're investing long term. But I mean, with open money and mm-hmm. yeah. Now, with the free agent market, what it was, I, I don't really have an issue with Ricky Seals Jones as a as a player. You know, as, as part of the Giants, uh, I think he's pretty limited in what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I knew we were always going to get a limited guy or something like that. Now, I was I was personally kind of hoping for OJ Howard because I thought, you know, he underperformed. He, we might be able to get him on the super cheap for one year deal, and I think that we can do something with him. Where he was kind of in Tampa Bay, and they had other really good tight ends. You know what I mean? It's not like he and just weapons all over the place. If yeah, he, you know. uh, I think he could have been featured a little bit better here, but instead he signed a three point five million dollar deal with Buffalo. So that was a little too rich for our blood, I guess. Or you know, we couldn't wheel and deal to make room for that. Right. Um, was there anybody that you had your eyes set on in the free agent market? I know a lot of people liked Max Williams. Um, I thought this was a position like I, going into this, like fullback, I didn't think we were going to spend any money at all. I thought it was something we were just going to uh, you know, wait for the draft or maybe get a guy just like uh, um, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, a guy who could just stick in there for a year, placeholder, until we can make some more moves next year. Um I'm looking at the list of guys that are available right now, who's still available. Um, the names that jump out, uh, not that we'd want him, but I thought Rob Gronkowski had already signed again with the Bucks. I thought he was back in their fold. Yeah, I, I thought that too, but maybe just because uh, the details aren't out yet, it's not like official, or maybe it wasn't announced officially yet, and that was just sourced. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, mean, I don't know that I saw any official announcement about rocking. I mean, there's guys still out there like Jimmy Graham. I know he's getting up in age. Uh, Eric, Eric Ebron, Jerry Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, none of these guys. We're in that weird spot, like I said. That I don't think we want to. We can't afford to invest seriously in a guy. It's a real difference maker. And you know, I think we already got our guy. I mean, I don't think we're going to be dra- You know, on the free agent side of it, trying to get another guy. I think it's just we got the one. Well, I'm sure we'll draft one. Um, and then it might be, it might be, you know, remember the, these guys, like I said, with, yeah, yeah. Like that's what I said. Like, like the Eli pennies of the world, they wait for roster spots to open up. I mean, there are guys, we signed Logan Ryan really, really late in the year. That's um, right. I mean, yeah. don't 
forget about that. That some guys hold out till the end. Some guys get hurt in training camp. Some guy. I mean, there there are. You don't need your roster right after the draft. There's still time, and things still shake loose and change. Oh sure, there'll be uh, undrafted free agents available. We always say that the cutdown day. You know that scramble. Hmm. Yeah, know, that's another. You know, that's an opportunity, and I. I have a gut feeling, and you know, you can mark this for later that it's very possible our starting tight end will be picked up in yeah. August. I mean, that is. Can we just talk about how unideal that is? Oh, I didn't say it's what no. I know, just for, but just the but that's that's the fucking situation we're in, and it sucks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that. That I mean, blows. That's that's the task of this organization. Is you know, we are starting pretty much at the bottom. And we're hoping in future years that we're not picking up starters on this team on cutdown day. Mm-hmm. We want to be in a position where we have to make tough choices that we have to cut something, buddy, that will become a starter from a crappy team, you know, going forward. But we're we're obviously not there yet. <laughs> Looking at the remaining free agent list is like a small who's who list of former Giants too: Caden Smith, Kyle Rudolph, and Levine Toilolo, mm-hmm. all with injuries. <laughs> um yeah so i mean that that kind of leaves us with the draft that means that means that they they need somebody more than an undrafted free agent at tight end. i mean they need a real person in the draft at tight end right well let me ask you something since we're getting into this now and you, you just say we need a real person mm-hmm. where is tight end in your priority list going into the draft i mean obviously it's not up at the, the first tier with offensive linemen and uh, you know edge rusher, but where do you value the tight end in this? Like, do you put that as same as another cornerback or you know a linebacker or where where do you have tight end as your priority list? Do you get shower thoughts? Like, like <laughs> I, I don't I don't know I don't know if I'm the only one that does this, but like my life is so chaotic and I have so much going on that whenever I take a shower, it's like the one moment where I'm finally alone with my thoughts. And I start thinking about, like, just strange things. And I, I don't know. Like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, I wonder if there's a way for me to f- to figure out how to quantify, like, um, like priority and need. And I was I – was, I started screwing around with, with that, like, assigning values to positions and assigning uh, values to the level of need and then multiplying it and kind of coming up with a priority list – I was trying to do that. I gave up on it, but I I, I didn't fully give up on it. I, I think it's an so, interesting little thought experiment that I if I have more time I can really so really work on. So when I'm in the shower, I think I'm in uh, the recording studio of a studio two at Apple's uh, Abbey Road singing songs. I'm not really oh okay shower so yeah no uh, I mean I I do think about weird shit in there and, and so and I think it was the tight end position that really brought me down this path because it's interesting and it's hard and fullback gets tied into it and it you know it affects the run game the pass game it's it's a really important position we've got jack shit at the position and I think that was what triggered me to start thinking about how to quantify the level of need um I think it's super high up there I mean it doesn't we don't need you know the the second option in the in the in the pass you know tree to be the tight end but they need somebody out there that is going to get open in some capacity they need somebody out there that will block i mean they can't they can't roll out there with an undrafted free agent ricky seals jones and then some other 1 million dollar cut down 
Well, that goes guy. to my point about fullbacks. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. until this offensive line solidifies, until this offensive line, you know, we have confidence in a right tackle, until we have confidence in, in a, the, the ability to, to run block, we need a guy just as much for his blocking capabilities as you do for catching the ball. A hundred percent. If they come out away with anything in this draft, just one thing, it has to be a legitimate Y tight end. They don't have one. And Ricky Seals-Jones is not one. Um, they need somebody who is going to line up next to whoever the right tackle is, you know, next to Andrew Thomas, and be effective. Not just get in the way, you know, or, or push. You know what I mean? They need somebody who's going to go out there and can help move people. They need someone to... Right. Le- legitimately double team a JJ Watt and move him out of the way. You know, they need something there. They can't just roll out there with the same old bullshit. Um that said, I think that the consensus number one guy in the draft at this position is Trey McBride from Colorado State. Now I was fortunate enough to get to see him at the senior bowl, which is awesome. Uh so I got to see him like really up close and personal and um he was he's 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 an outstanding prospect. I I, I think his skill set brings him into the second round. I think it's pretty in my opinion, I think it's rare for a tight end to come out in the draft, whether it's Y, H, whatever, and be legit first round talent. I just don't think that that comes around very often. Somebody and to me, a first-round talent tight end is someone who does both. I don't think the Evan Ingrams of the world are first-round talent. Those one-trick guys are just pass catchers. They just sort of get in the way as blockers. To me, that's not first-round talent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have to be insane pass catchers for me to really think that. And I didn't think Evan Ingram was really that. Um, so, to me, Trey McBride is a second-round talent, which is a huge compliment. Um, I also think that because there is no legitimate first-round talent in the draft at tight end, that he could slip into the late end of the first round, even though he probably doesn't belong there. But he's he's 6'3", 245 pounds, but he's really compact, and he really is a great blocker. He's strong. He outmuscles opponents. He locks on. He can drive his feet. He gets leverage. He pancakes guys. I mean, this is a true, true blocker. As a pass catcher, he does one of my favorite things of all time, and that's doesn't jump for no reason. And that... I mean, he's not super fast or anything like that. I mean, he's a fairly athletic guy, especially for the position he's an athletic guy. But that millisecond of extra wasted time of being in the air and then having to regather your balance when you land, all that's gone when you're just still running and you catch in stride. And so his yak is, I mean, how terrible is Evan Ingram's yak for a guy who runs a 4-4-40? It's awful. It's awful. Well, part of that is the way he was used, too. Part of it, but not all of it. I mean, he's also a guy who just jumped every time he was about to catch the ball. And he would catch <laughs> it right in his gut. I mean, it's just, or if he caught it at all. Um, mm-hmm. Trey McBride, to me, is an ideal guy to add to this roster. I don't think that picking at the top of the second round is too early for him, for the Giants. I just think that... Maybe and and again, this brings me back to shower thoughts. As uh, I don't know, I don't know that that's the best bang for our buck for this team as a whole. I think you can make the argument that it's more important to beef up the offense than the defense. What do you think? Yeah, I I think a lot of that depends on what we do with those first two picks. Yeah, I mean, who we pick? Do we stay pat with those two picks? Do we trade down? Do we 
defer a pick to next year because that's a possibility as well. You know, sure. given the, the cap situation, they may not. You know, they just may not be enough money in, in the in the pool, you know, to pay two first round picks. They may trade one just to defer. Um, it, 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 I'll say I this: say, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed if we took McBride in the second round at all. I would love to have him on the team. I think he's going to be a fantastic addition to whatever team he goes to. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of. I, I, you know, and we're, we're, we're going to get well, this feeling anyway because the team has so many holes that whoever well, that we pick, it's going to be like, ah, but we could have had this guy, but also we yeah, do but, need you know, both. You have so. so many holes. You have, yeah. you you know, the assumption is in the first round we're probably going to go some sort of combination of O-line, you know, edge rusher, one of those two. So all the other holes that are out there, it's like you still have to plug those other holes. So, you know, if you get, if you get what you think is the best tight end in the draft and he's available to you, you know, you've solved a problem. We have multiple problems. Um, we got ninety nine problems. We have ninety nine problems, and a you know a tight end is one. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I say we just you get them. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it. Like I said, it really is going to depend on who's on the board. And to me, I, mean, I don't think it, the top of the second round is too early for a guy like him. No, just no, saying. no. I mean, if we decide to draft, you know, a quarterback you know, up there, I'd be a little like, you know, we have a lot of holes. That's not going to help anything right now. But yeah, that that would be silly. Exactly. But for something like that, well, that's on our list of. Mm-hmm significant upgrade and also just the lack of what we have now we just you know don't have anything at all so I, I i wouldn't have a problem with it either i would have a problem if for some reason we let's say we traded one of the picks like from six to 16 and we and we took it i'd be like well wait a minute well yeah we get to make our signature picks first in our you know the highest impact at more critical spots in, in tight end but it, it, a high two no i think that's fine yeah um, also in the, around the second round, the the dude from Wisconsin, Jake Ferguson, I really like. I was surprised, uh, you know, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I, I think this highlights a bit of the difference of what the Giants really need. Um, Cole Turner from Nevada was somebody that was also at the Senior Bowl. I did some Senior Bowl prep work on him, and I was like, ah, I mean, he's six six, two fifty, but he's he is he's a wide receiver. That's how Nevada runs an air raid offense. So it's not necessarily his fault that he's just a big wide receiver. Um, That's just the kind of offense they run in addition to the fact that he is really, really tall. I mean, he's 6'6". And he he runs pretty fast, you know, 4'7", 40. That's pretty pretty fast for a 250-pound guy. I was surprised when I really did the dig deep um, film work on him you know, this week leading up to this, he's a better blocker than I wanted to give him credit for. I mean, they used him mostly out on the edge. He can kind of turn guys around. One of the things that um, he adds that we don't have at all is he's a true red zone threat because he can high point the ball, and that's kind of how Nevada used them. If they were within, if they were in the red zone, it was pretty much a guarantee that Cole Turner was going to go to the end zone, turn around, and high point. Wasn't the ball. Uh, Kyle Rudolph brought in here to be the red zone threat? I mean, he was brought in to do that. He. We, I mean, how many problems were there with the offense? Ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I. I. So the thing is here, I would like to have a Cole Turner on this offense, right? I mean, he is essentially Ricky Seals Jones, except I like him better. Um. I just don't think. I mean, that is some a luxury we can't afford, right? Mm-hmm. With all the holes, a guy that isn't really he's not at all why I don't think he ever lined up in line. So, I, to me, I would like to have Cole Turner for his red zone presence. 
uh, also take the pressure off of guys like Tony and Galladay in that scenario because Galladay is mm-hmm. also really tall. Kadarius Tony's got that that whip ability. I mean, he's just so quick that he can win, you know, with separation real quick and catch the ball and score. But this team has to. Th- this offense has to improve so much. We have to get better, even going from twenty to twenty, and mm-hmm. also potential yeah. for big play touchdowns. Like you know, the is it that crazy to want to have a thirty-five yard touchdown? Like. <laughs> The well, problem this, this this offense last year was just even getting to the red zone was a problem. Then being in the red zone was a problem. It's like we have to incorporate the big, the quick score, the quick strike yeah. into this offense. Yeah. So does that really does he fit into something like that? Mm. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, he he can get downfield, but he's not overly fast or anything like that. I don't think he's going to be, you know, some game changing type. You're not so. saying a lot for me to we want to draft. <laughs> No, I mean, okay, so I, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. I think he's a third-round talent. I just think that he is a type of tight end that we just can't afford right now because we have literally nothing, and we right. need – I mean, this is a team that can't block. It's a team that can't <laughs> block, right? We, we, we agree that needing to block is the number one need for this team. Getting a tight end that can block certainly helps. That would um, be a nice start. <laughs> uh, moving down into, like, the fourth-round area, I was really impressed with Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina – not as big, 6'4", 245 pounds, but he is a Y and an H tight end, and he's a pretty pretty darn good blocker. He's also really athletic with the ball in his hands. He makes, makes some really good moves. I think he's a pretty decent route runner, uh, pretty smooth. You know, I know that he's playing at Coastal Carolina, and they're playing the likes of Troy and whatever, but, I mean, he can only do what he can do. Uh, and he was another senior bowl guy. They also a good team this year, too. I mean, they yeah. were a ranked team for a while. They were... Not to be taken lightly, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and, and not for nothing. But they, they play Appalachian State is not a a, a total pushover either. Mm-hmm. App State is is pretty pretty decent team. They play like Kansas. Is, they play is, Louisiana, who you know Billy really Napier coached. You know, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, sure. It's not the SEC or anything like that. But it's also you know, it's I mean, not for nothing. Trey McBride played the 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 MAC or whatever the whatever right. Colorado State is and. Um, uh yeah, so I I mean I really like Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina and I think that he is somebody that even though I don't think he's as good as Cole Turner, I think he adds more to this team and what they're missing. Um he might be in high demand though. I mean, I've seen his name thrown around by a lot of people for a lot of places. A lot of people really like him. Like I say he made some noise at the Senior Bowl as well. Um you know, also in the 4th round, there's there's the Ohio State guy, Jeremy Ruckert, is – I've seen some people call him tight end one. Um, I'm just going to – what I saw on film is a guy that does nothing special. Um, <laughs> he, everything he does, he looks very average to me. I don't think he gets any separation. I think he's slower than shit. Um, you know, I don't think his cuts are very sharp. I think his blocking ability – he wants to block. He's a willing blocker. He wants to hit people, but his his technique is all over the place. To me, he's tight end one. My ass. I I, I think he can <laughs> develop. I think he can get better. Like I say, you can't teach somebody to get mean and want to block, but you can teach them proper technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think that he's there yet. So to me, he's like fourth round talent. Whatever. I've also heard that he was like underutilized or misused at Ohio State, and they have like you know they have all these other you know wide receiver weapons up there. 
I, I mean, I didn't watch in that capacity to really come to that conclusion. That very well may be. Um, but Jeremy Rucker is is not the upper echelon tight end, in my opinion, that other people have met. But what I did find that I really do like, and I think this is the true value for the Giants, is Maryland's tight end. I can't pronounce his first name, so I'm not going to try but Oconquo. Um Man, this guy really jumped off the tape to me. Maybe he, maybe he's down because he's not very tall. You know, he's like six two. That's that's super t- uh, short for a tight end, um, which is it's taller than me. But you know, <laughs> this this dude is another one. That's that's a true Y and an H. Uh, I think I think he's a uh, he looks pretty polished in his route running. I and mean, he played at Maryland, so he's playing in the Big Ten. Um, you know that's that's some pretty decent competition there. They play the Ohio mm-hmm. States of the world and the Penn States of the world, for that matter. Sure. Um, I, th- I think he's a good hands catcher. I think um, he doesn't really rely on his body too much to make the catch, which is good. I just I think he's a really good blocker too. I, I think that this is a guy that probably isn't getting as much recognition because of you know silly things like his measurables or whatever. And again, this team needs talent and it needs it. If they take this dude in something like the fifth or sixth round. And he ends up being a depth guy in a year, two years, and that's he, he's tight end two on this roster, or tight end three. I don't really think I care. I think that's okay, mm-hmm. and I think that tight end two kind of thing is almost automatically like a tight end one on this current roster. Right. Um, I encourage people to check out Oconquo from Maryland. I think that that's a guy that you know when you need to fill as many holes as you can. You need to absolutely nail every round of the draft. Mm-hmm. And when you get into the late rounds, you're probably drafting depth guys, but they need to be true depth. Um, you know, or, or maybe you're drafting projects. And maybe sometimes those are both the same thing. Uh, I, I think that Oconquo is somebody that really should be uh, in the Joe Shane crosshairs, the Brian Dable crosshairs. Um, overall, I think that this uh, tight end group kind of sucks. Uh, there's just not really a whole lot of top end talent, in my opinion. You know, I really like McBride and, and Ferguson, but all the other guys, you know, and, and I know a lot of people like uh, Greg Dulcich from UCLA. I thought he was, you know, he's a pretty good mid round guy, but I also, not so many guys knocked my socks off, and that kind of sucks because we really need someone that will knock opponent's socks off. Or do you not so, think so? Do you think we're you think we're okay with like a, a tight end two kind of guy just being added to Ricky Seals Jones? I, I think so. Again, I to, to sum up, we said before. I again, I'd be very surprised if we even. I'd be surprised if we took someone in the second round. I wouldn't be mad or disappointed about it, but I would be surprised. I think. Yeah, I think um, I so would I, too. So I think once you start getting into, you know, you get into Saturday on, on the draft, you know, then it just becomes who's the best available on their board and. Uh, it's a priority uh, position to fill for sure, but I don't think they're going to reach just to fill the spot. I don't think so either. I mean, if they're going to reach for anything, it's probably going to be for something of major need, like a like a tackle or, or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So I think they're going to, you know, the the best one that's on their board at the time they'll, they'll take. And I think that they, you always say that you know they don't draft by, for position; you draft for player. Correct. Um, and I don't think they're going to jump their board just to make sure they get a tight end. I think it'll be just if he's the highest guy on their board when we get to the fourth round and it's a tight end, they'll take him. I think that's the way they're – and that's the prudent thing to do, I think, with this, because you don't have to have your tight end this year. There's always next draft. Um, Do you think that there's any chance of them doubling up on tight end? Like let's just say – No. Oh, okay. 
Well, I mean, okay. Let me let me let me put it to you this way. Let's say they, you know, day two, Trey McBride's on the board. They take. Well, let's say let's say Jake Ferguson in the third round. So mm-hmm. okay, so you got this guy from Wisconsin. He's probably better than Ricky Seals Jones right off the bat. Um, and now you're on day three. You're in the sixth round, and the best player on your board is a guy like Okonkwo or you know whatever. Do you think it's absurd for them to get two and just solidify the position because he's the best guy on their board? I think when you get down to like day three and he's like, well, he's the best guy on your board. The guy who's right behind you on the board might be so close. Yeah. Then that's where I think you start thinking about position over quarterback or something. So I I, I think that best guy, those numbers are higher when you're higher up on the board. Mm -hmm. And, but when you're getting down there, I think you're starting to split hairs of this guy's number. This is my highest guy. This is the second highest guy. I think you're really like you're splitting hairs, and I, 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 I think then it's more prudent, you know, roster balancing. I think go, you know, all things relatively equal, take the position, but they don't do that early on in the draft. Okay, um, how concerned are you about the tight end position? Like, what's your level of uneasiness right now? At this moment, yes, uh, pretty uneasy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think let's let's come out of the draft and, and revisit because again, this is still a work in progress. I mean, if the season started today, I'd be very worried. But I know there's a draft coming up, and I know, and like I said, I think you know, the start one of the starting tight ends might not be on this roster until August. So I think it's a wait in progress, and let's see what happens. But um, if they and for some reason, the way the chips fall in the draft and they don't take a tight end, for example, then I'm going to be very worried. And it's possible. I mean, again, you know, best player on board and just the way, it, you know, day one and day two fall and, you know, somebody drops in day three that they want and they don't end up taking a tight end. It's a possibility. Um, then I'd be very worried. But, um, you know, I'm not ready to get that fear out until we come – you know, after um, April 30th, whenever the day three is, and then we'll, I'll reassess my nervousness then. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably the most nervous about right tackle because there's just nothing there. But but I also, I'm a little, I mean, I, I guess I should be uneasy, but it just, it feels insane to me that there would be a way in which they don't draft one of the top tackles. So I feel a little okay about it, if that makes any sense. It's almost like we're taking our position of weakness and then, I feel in my bones that they're going to yeah use their I, most important investment on it. So I, I feel I feel good about I, it. I feel there's like a 99 and 44, 100 percent chance we are going to draft <laughs> at least one. Oh shit! <laughs> I have the lightning game on. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's <laughs> bitch. Uh, I, you know, I I think it's a, I'm fairly certain they will be at least one offensive lineman. They may not. They may double up in the first round with that as well, and I would not be upset about that. I know a lot of people would be annoyed we didn't take an edge rusher or whatever, but to me, you can never have enough good talent on the offensive line. And if you do that, your need for a good tight end changes, right? If you if you get a, a, a tackle on a guard, right? Well, I mean, yes, as, as far as the fact that you absolutely need this – this wide tight end to be a motherfucker of a blocker, right. you're still going to need a wide tight end because they don't have one. Or, I mean, you're relying on Jake Houseman, who I, I 
I literally don't know if he can even do that. I don't even know what the guy looks like. Um, I at least know what Rice and John looks like because I, I saw him catch a pass. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I It may lessen the need. It may not need to be a, you know, in the top four rounds kind of thing. But ultimately, no matter what, they're going to need a guy to line up next to the tackle and, and be somewhat capable of blocking, you know, not be a total fool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it certainly changes it. Um, you know, as far as fullbacks go, the the only one that I really, you know, there's Jeremiah Hall from Oklahoma, and, and he's he's pretty good. I, I wasn't super into him, but I really like Connor Hayward from Michigan State. Uh, he, it's hard for me to project where he's going to go and where he'll be available because he's trying his best to. Uh, make himself as marketable as possible and show all the skills he can do. Maybe he is more of an H-back tight end and not just a true fullback or, or whatever. Um, and he would be somebody really good. But but again, now we're getting down to the, the, the Oconquo rounds there, that day three kind of thing, you know, rounds four, five, six. I, I mean, I, four, my ass. For Connor Hayward, probably five through seven. If, I mean, if you can get him as a priority free agent, that would rule. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's probably gone by the fifth or sixth round. Um, so you know, Connor Hayward is somebody that to, to keep in mind. I don't really have a highlight clip of him or anything like that. Um, but I encourage people to check out Connor Hayward as well. Um, closing thoughts on this. Uh, I'm I'm more worried about the tight end position because it's so up in the air than I think. Any other position on this roster, right? I, I don't know what position feels the mo- like well, the like most up the in most, the air. It's, it's the most concern tied with the most uncertainty, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, yeah. like, like for the reason you just said, we we're assuming we're coming out of this draft with our starting right tackle coming up. When you know, right. you know, maybe an edge is, guy, but even if we don't have that, at least there's Ojolari and you know what I mean. Like, right, right, right. There could be any direction which way tight end will go, and there's a slight possibility that potentially couldn't may not just be addressed in the draft too, and then we got a real problem. Right. I think they will. Again, it, just as much as we said, well, if they already drafted a tight end, you know, tie goes to the other position. Well, if we don't have a tight end drafted, and we're into the sixth round, and there's, you know, maybe a cornerback ahead of the next guy down who's a tight end, they may go tight end just to. Yeah, you know, to, to fill the spot too. So it goes both ways. Um, yeah, like, like with tackle, I feel good in the fact that we're in a position where we can get one of the premier guys. With, with, with tight end, I I don't know where we fit with that. I don't know what's going to be available when we're picking, and I, I certainly we cannot afford to reach, and we cannot afford to miss. This team can't miss, or they're going to set themselves back a whole well, we can't year. Rely- the thing is we can't rely on guys that we're going to reach for. That's the difference. I mean, well, yeah. we can make some reaches for things, and if it doesn't work out, oh, well, in a position of— But that know, reach has to strength. be a fucking home run. Exactly, yeah. If, especially if we're saying that you know, that reach could be tight end two or it could be even tight end one you know, based on what they think mm-hmm. of you know, uh, you know, the guy we, we got. Seals so, Jones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, didn't, uh, we didn't just get Mark Bavaro. I mean, let's relax. Yeah, it's a guy yeah. who signed for what a one million dollar contract, just north of that, like one. Yeah, so again, like Evan Ingram got nine times as much as he did. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that doesn't mean that there's not a direct correlation between how much you make and how good you are, but that's what the market thinks of him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any any other closing thoughts? Is that it? 
Is that this episode? Tight I think that's this episode. Nice. I mean, we covered a lot. We covered two important positions that uh, a lot of people kind of dismiss when they think about in the draft, but they are pretty important pieces. Probably become more important to fill once this team, this roster is more solidified and more built out. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're just kind of we're talking about icing on the cake when we haven't baked the cake yet. But um, yeah. the opportunity is there to get them. You get them. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be up all night. I'm not going to be in the shower for three hours like you are worrying about we didn't get a fullback. Yeah, or, I mean, you know, I, I do that from time to time. So. Yeah, we'll have to check your water bill out and see what's going on. <laughs> um, that's going to do it for this episode. Up next, we have the edge class, which is going mm. to be, I'm sure, the meat and potatoes Edgy. for a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's going to be interesting. I'm hoping that we're going to have that one by Tuesday. It's a lot of work, but I, I, I think we'll be we'll be ready for that. But you know, whatever. Follow us on Twitter at football underscore grump at the cranky fan as, at just giants pod for any updates to the episode schedule. But additionally, on Sunday, I am joining Snow Studios uh, for a little Giants podcast. I'm not really sure what we're discussing. I'm sure just all things Giants. Uh, the draft, the senior bowl. Um, Super excited to join him on his show. So be sure to follow there and I'm going to, I'll tweet out the link and and all that stuff. Uh, So yeah, that's what I've got going on. You're going to Cal Ripken's thing. I'm going Uh, on Saturday and on Sunday, I will be on Long Island for lightning Islanders. Cool. So yeah. So is, uh, he's one good team. Yeah, those of you who are Islanders fans will find that just another group of people for to for you to rile up. <laughs> I mean, you do a pretty good job with the Yankees fans. Um, Yankee fans, Nets fans too. Baseball season starts two weeks from tomorrow, and uh, congratulations on not making your team any better this off season. And um, you know. Congratulations also to you that there will be an additional playoff team this year. So you might sneak in as that <laughs> wild card. So kudos to you, you know. Oh, my God. All right. So we it's basically what I learned is I need to end the episode before you start going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We should end the episode before you start talking about your shower activities. That was you know, yeah. up close and personal with, uh, with the grump that I will never take a shower again and think of it the same way. <laughs> Oh well, sorry. Uh, you know, I, whatever whatever my wonderful formula is for quantifying positional need or whatever, I won't share it with you because you don't want it. Yeah, and so. everybody want to send him a shower cap. You can uh, direct <laughs> message him at football yeah. underscore grump. Yeah, please. All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Go Giants. Go Giants. <laughs>